I want to stress that it sounds like it was a really easy process, but, um, it was like multiple years of, uh, working a lot, being pulled in a lot of different directions. I would say in the last two months this is the first time where I actually have like looked at the vision that I thought we needed to get to with regards to how me and my business partner act in our company. And I'm actually looking at it and being like, it finally has happened. So it's been a long time coming and I never thought it was actually possible, but it's, yeah, it's quite amazing. You were just listening to Rob Atkinson talking about his seven figure per year niche site. I've known Rob for a few years and it was great to bring him back on the show. And we go deep into some topics. Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And as you know, I'm going to be talking to Rob Atkinson in this episode. We talk about his site. We look back at what he did when he launched it, some of the monetization strategy. We go really sort of granular into the details with content initially, link building initially, how they shifted over time. We talk about why he doesn't use display ads and just dealing with Google updates over time. Pretty interesting stuff. And Rob's been adding to the team. He has quite quite a sizable team, over 30 people at this point. And we also get into details about shifting into online courses, something that I'm quite interested in. We just did an episode in the last couple of weeks about online courses. So I'm not going to ramble on too long here. I want to get to the meat of the episode, but do me a favor. If you dig this episode, if you find it helpful, if you think Rob's entertaining and knowledgeable, which I think he's both, by the way, share it with a friend trying to spread the word about the podcast. And I think this is a a great episode because you can look back early days when Rob and I were working together on various projects. I even did uh, like a few coaching sessions with him way back. I think it must have been 2014, 2014, 2015, something like that. And you could go back and watch those YouTube episodes. So you could really sort of like track the history starting off early on trying to figure out how to scale. And now he's running this, you know, huge company, a real actual business out there. So anyway, spread the word. I would really appreciate it. I'm going to send it over to the interview with Rob right now. Rob, how are you doing today? Great, Doug. Thanks for having me. Excited to be back. Always enjoy uh, chatting with you. Yes, this is, uh, it's pretty cool. Like it's been a little while since we've talked and then we sort of, we uh, made the time and it's fantastic. So for the people that don't know you at all, can you give a little intro on who you are and and what do you work on these days? Sure. So like quick backstory, how I kind of started my own, um, business, I guess. So back before 2014, I had an accounting job, uh, kind of started, I found out about SEO on the side. I was like, Oh, this sounds really cool. Affiliate marketing got into that, got a few sites going, got to a few thousand dollars a month, got married, convinced my wife, Hey, let's move to Chiang Mai, Thailand, spent a few uh, years there really trying to build the business, get multiple sites going, got that up and going. And then the last few years really spent a lot of time on one big authority site, uh, doing a lot of cool things, building a team, 
from there. So that's where I am uh, right now. So your main focus is one site, but I know you have some others around. So how many total are you sort of involved in in any capacity? Yeah, I'm going to say like five or six. So we've got uh, the main one, and then I've got like three JV situations um, where a, a few folks have partnered with me, uh, different arrangements. Sometimes I'll help more in the funding aspect. And they have the desire and the SEO knowledge, and they'll kind of build, and we'll do coaching calls and stuff like that. So yeah, I think about five or six sites. And your main focus most of your time is just on the one site. Yeah, I'd say close to 100%. Like I do, you know, take time to do calls and, and help the, the students and the JV partners and stuff like that. But 99% of the time on the one big site, the team and growing a lot of new initiatives over there. And what made you decide to just focus on the one side? I know a lot of people I bump into think, hey, I want to have a portfolio and I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket sort of situation. So what made you focus on the one site? Right. And I, I mean, I've gone back and forth over the years on like a portfolio or, or one site. And I used to be a huge fan of multiple sites. And I still think depending on where you are um, in your progression, I, I think multiple sites definitely have, have a lot of advantages. Uh, so what happened was I partnered, uh, it was the first site really, well, we did like a, a partnership um, on a site, but this was like the first time I started a JV from the beginning Uh, He pitched me on building this site and we wanted to go big and the the niche was perfect uh, and and it was very lucrative and the site just really took off and became, we knew this was like a winner and we saw that not only was it doing really well early on, we could expand this and do even better. So it just became super apparent that no other sites uh, really deserved attention, if that makes sense, Uh, and that I needed to be focusing here because we had a big winner and we had a lot of potential to uh, kind of grow into the future. And I know we're not going to mention specific dollar amounts or anything like that, but can we broadly give the scope so people understand that it's a seven figure business, right? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. I assume Thank you. when you started doing some stuff on the side, you, you didn't think you were going to be pulling in seven figures. <laughs> nope, not, not at all. And I, I still remember like the first few dollars. I still remember hitting the first 10 K month. Uh, I remember like driving with my wife, like vividly on one of the freeways when we first hit 20 K in a month. And I was like, wow, like, is this real? So, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy really to take the time to reflect on the start and, and where, where we are now. And when you quit your job and, and you moved to Chiang Mai, like that was, uh, that was 2014. Is that right? The very end of 2014. Yeah. All right. So when you were uh, heading out, like, did your parents think you were nuts? Like your, your, uh, your siblings <laughs> and family, like what, what were they thinking that you were doing? Okay. So kind of a mixed bag. Like my dad has always been a little bit more conservative uh, when I first pitched him like months earlier on, I want to quit my job. He was kind of like, no, 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 like keep your job, keep your job. And then like moving over there is kind of like, it, it was like, you couldn't even translate what we were doing. It was too foreign to them. Uh, but even my dad, you know, he's, he can be conservative and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when I say I've got this, I'm going, he was very supportive. 
my mom's super supportive. Um, and my wife's parents were also like kind of clueless. They're kind of questioning, like, is this the right move? Uh, but ultimately like the underlying tone was support, just not sure what the heck you're doing. It's interesting. I, I don't think my, my parents don't quite understand. They know I'm, I do YouTube videos now, which is a little more visible, you know, but, um, yeah. it seems like, well, everything's going fine. Right. So I think they can tell we're not asking for money. So they're like, Oh, they must be doing okay. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, well, let's, um, let's get into the nuts and bolts because you know, you, you mentioned something earlier about you launched the site and we're talking about the big one. We're going to focus on that one. And it went really well out of the gate. And there's probably a little bit of luck with uh, timing and the amount of focus you were able to give. And, you know, I've seen this in my own business as well. But I want to get into the nuts and bolts of launching the site. Even though it's been a few years, I think we can still learn a lot. So off the bat, um, let us know when you launched the site, how much content did you publish initially? And just from the content side what the plan was say for the first six to 12 months. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, again, to give the backstory, I was pitched, uh, by my now business partner to do a site in December, 2016. And then I was kind of on holiday and I was like, Oh, um, maybe let's wait a month and, uh, come back to me. So he came back to me in January and we decided we were picking through a few different, uh, niches and kind of, picked one that we thought was good and launched the site early February, 2017. I think we launched with 50,000 words. I can't remember how much we did over the six to 12 months, but we saw early on that the site was doing really well. The rankings were jumping a lot faster than we were used to. And from there we started to prioritize a lot more content and just go really, 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 really hard because once we started digging in, we just saw tons of keywords that we hadn't even considered that were huge money keywords. Um, and actually back then we were talking about links. We actually launched with PVNs. We got up to like 50 or 70 and then by September. So we're, we're saying launched February by September, we were peeling them off and we were PVN free by that December. And this, you know, you mentioned you and I worked together on a project on a site and we, yep we used one of your sites and basically had yep. PBNs and we removed them and then sold the site. And that was, yep. it was a fun project and you, you sort of did the same, the same thing with the new site, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, uh, we had someone focused on outreach and just got really good internally. And we, we felt like it was just PBNs were kind of, uh, not really congruent with, a big site like this and something super long-term that we wanted to grow. From the content standpoint, you said you launched with about 50,000 words. Can you give us an idea of how much of it was informational versus affiliate and the length of the content as well? Yeah, I think it was about a 50, 50 split. I remember being pretty deliberate about that being split. I think split in the, in terms of the number of articles, not total word count because, uh, our money articles, I think, were somewhere between maybe 2,000 and 4,000 words, give or take. And our informational, probably most would fit around, I don't know, 800 to 1,500. Let's just call it 1,000 words. 
Okay. And for the informational content, was it mostly focused, if you remember, and you could tell me like how it is now too, but yeah. sort of how-to content or problem solving, or was there a certain kind of style of informational content that you focused on? I think it was a mix. I think, I think problem solving uh, was a big component of it. Uh, it was really just what we thought were like kind of the lower hanging keywords that could get us uh, some initial traffic off the, off the bat. Awesome. And I love going into all these details and hopefully you can remember some of the stuff from the early days, but you mentioned, I, I think 50 to 70 PBN links and, and you, you said you yeah. launched with those. So did those um, get added like slowly over the first few months and then you remove them slowly or did you l- literally launch with all of oh, those links? Yeah. yeah. Good question. So, uh, we were following a pretty specific game plan where it was like, I believe the first PBNs hit like a month, a month and a half after the February launch. And it was really slow. It was maybe like one a week for the first month, then two a week for month two, and then, you know, three or four a week for month three, something like that, where it really started to, to pick up as time went on. Okay. And, and, uh, it, uh, coinciding with our traffic going up. So we felt like traffic was the biggest indicator that we deserved to get these links. And, uh, you know, you don't just send tons and tons of links necessarily to like a, a dead site, or that was the theory, at least for us at the time. And that makes sense that in the one step further is basically the site is getting traffic. People see it, thus they're linking yeah. to it. So the velocity of those links it wouldn't be surprising to increase. That's, that's what the logic is, right? Exactly. And in addition, I think PBNs were like, they've always been a little bit risky. Um, and I think to have traffic on your site, it kind of at that time validated the fact that it kind of like made the risk a little bit lower. I think outreach, you know, you could start it naturally because that's just like a natural way that you try to get links, but it was just another layer to make the PBNs not so, obvious you don't send pbns to like a site that has no traffic because it's just very obvious obvious and google can pick up on that it's pretty weird yep so with that sort of launching strategy do you think it would still work today and how would you tweak it if you were launching a new site so i would go 100 percent outreach uh i would wouldn't even dabble with pbns anymore even even on like unless you wanted to build a super small site just for experimental purposes um, even your smaller sites, I think, uh, outreach all the way. Okay. And then, uh, leaning into the outreach, is there a specific sort of high level strategy that seems to work for you guys or just broadly advice that you can give on outreach? Early on, we were doing the more traditional, like search operators where you look for, you know, guest posts or, or those type of things, or we were looking for ways to buy uh, outreach links, but not have it show up, you know, publicly that it was like sponsored or, or paid. Uh, we still do that general type of, uh, guest post link building for outreach. But one of the things we've switched to is more content marketing based. So we'll build a really beautiful piece of content, uh, that, that has like a, a good linking crowd to it, military veterans and your topic. You kind of like merge those two. Then you go after the veterans and all these pages uh, and you can kind of get links from places or where your competitors probably aren't getting links from. 
it, it, it depends on the site you're in in the industry. Sometimes it's not going to work for most affiliate space. Our, our site is kind of in a space where it kind of pairs well with that. Um, so that's just, that's one thing we've added. You don't get to send links specifically to the money pages you want really with that. Uh, but it's just a good way to kind of tap into some links that you, you might not have access or your competitors might not have access to. And I've heard a similar strategy, for example, with nonprofits. So someone will do yeah. different nonprofit outreach and a nonprofit always wants more publicity. They love it that anyone's even talking. I mean, you could even like pick up the phone yeah. and call them and talk to the webmaster to get stuff done. So I think if people are creative and they think, you know, they go outside the box from the normal stuff that we normally yes. do. As yep. far as like the importance of linking to the specific post that you're trying to rank. Um, and, and you mentioned if you're, if you're doing content marketing, you're getting links to your site, some linkable stuff, but from your standpoint, how important is it to actually get links to those money pages or what you're trying to rank? So I'm going to answer this the best I can. And I, I, I think the trend is it's becoming less and less important. Um, I think you can launch a site. I think you could do outreach and I think you can generally just rise above with getting great quality links. And over time, uh, not as concerned and being as like hyper-focused on that. Oh, I need this anchor text to this page. That being said, it is still an algorithm. There are still, you know, ways you can kind of make things go in your favor. Uh, but I would only recommend that on a super small site where you're trying to be super scientific and like analyze things from that perspective. But in general, I think scaling, getting tons of links, like building lots of content in the long term is like a better use of your time. The content, I just want to jump back before we talk about monetization and maybe how it shifted over time. But for the content, what quality level would you say it is? Did it did it start at a certain level and it shifted or has it been high quality or, or just, you know, how would you rate it just in a general sense? Yeah, it started pretty, pretty bare minimum average back uh, when we launched. So I forget the exact price, maybe three cents a word. Uh, it was, you know, your typical functional <laughs> SEO content. And as the site started to do a lot better and we actually had like companies reaching out to us like, Hey, like, our review is completely wrong or you're saying, you're saying this and this and that. And we really had to kind of tighten up our, our systems and we had the revenue coming in so we could hire a lot higher quality, brought it in house. Uh, and so right now, like our reviews, our best pages, like our content is uh, scrubbed pretty well. And it's at a very high quality at this point. How much are you paying for content now? That's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, because our writers now, like we have a team of writers, but uh, we'll talk about this later. We're launching our first digital course. So some of them like have done research. They do different jobs. Sometimes the needs of our company is like we need to write a lot of content. Um, so the, the short answer is I can't really tell you like the costing per se, but um, we were hiring full-time salaried employees as part of our writing team. And I think we have about four or five, but they do various different things. Just remember everyone that it's a seven figure business. There's like salaried employees and payroll and stuff like that. So it's, it's at a, it's at a different level than, Hey, you're going to hire someone on Upwork or something like that. So 
everyone has to keep that in mind. Okay, cool. Moving on to monetization, I think in the beginning, uh, you're aiming at a sort of affiliate. Uh, I don't, I don't even know, but I, I won't even try and fill in the blanks here, but what was monetization strategies in the beginning? And then where has it shifted now after a few years? Yeah. So the beginning, it was all Amazon. That's kind of all we knew at the time and kind of a funny story. Like we started ranking, we started making sales and Again, we were instantly sold on the fact that this was a hot, hot niche and a good place to be. Uh, but then we actually started getting emails from a lot of the companies that sold their products specifically on their own website, so off of Amazon. And they're like, "Why the heck are you doing Amazon?" We're like, um, "But it's just it's my my default was it's easier and it's usually better." I mean, I've I've tried a lot of non Amazon; it's been a pain in the butt. But specifically to this industry. Uh, getting off Amazon was definitely the way to go. And so we have, I'm, I'm guessing about 75, 80% of our revenue off of Amazon and maybe like 20, 25% on Amazon right now. And was it hard to shift away from Amazon or it just took a little time to update the links and get the right content to promote the products properly? Yeah, I think for our unique situation, it was so compelling to get off of Amazon. So, I mean, it became priority number one, like, yeah, get new content up, get new products up, um, and get off of Amazon. So, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad for us because we, we really wanted to get off. Do you guys use display ads and did you ever use them? I, I don't even know actually. No, never have. Uh, it's been a conversation we've kicked around and we just feel like what we could earn, um, you know, might potentially, hurt our brand, you know, slow down our site. And it's just something we've never really wanted to commit to. Okay. And how much traffic do you get? Would you say monthly for this site or like the various properties, Uh, just this site. And then I'm curious in total, like all, all the traffic that you're involved in. Yeah. So, uh, we'll talk about like Google updates and stuff like that. So we've recently gone down, um, I would say normally when we're peaking this site's like somewhere between one and 1.5 million visitors a month, we're probably down more in the 750,000 range as we speak with the the May update. Okay. So one to 1.5 just in general on average. Okay. Very good. And yeah, it's such a, such a huge amount of traffic. Do you have an idea the breakdown of, how much is going to the info content versus the affiliate related content in terms of traffic? Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it's near 50, 50. I've looked at it a few times. I haven't looked at it recently, but I think it's about 50, 50. Okay, cool. And I was just thinking it's so much traffic. Yeah. Even if you just showed the ads on the informational stuff, it wouldn't necessarily yeah. cannibalize, but I appreciate a fast loading site and I don't like ads when I go to a website. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I mean, you guys don't have to do it and you don't want to. So right. that's fine. Right. It's not like you have to answer to shareholders or something like that. Right. So, all right, moving on to YouTube. I know you guys have a YouTube channel um, and you have dabbled with that. So can you talk about like when you started that and how has it gone just in general? Yeah, so with the YouTube team, Um, they started at the beginning doing product reviews. And so, you know, the reviews that we have written on our site, they're doing it for YouTube, uh, awesome reviews. 
And we were trying to rank in YouTube for the same keywords for the product reviews that we were in Google for SEO, uh, Google SEO. Didn't really get that off the ground, but the product reviews did add a lot of credibility when someone would read our review because it would be on the written review. So we have a great video team and currently they're spending most of their focus on our new course uh, that we're launching. They're actually like really working hard to, to edit and get that course launched as we speak. Very cool. And we'll, we'll definitely get into the course stuff, but it, it triggered uh, my mind a second ago when we were talking about the Google stuff and the updates. And you mentioned, you know, you guys got hit a little bit. I mean, traffic yeah. seems to be down fairly significantly. How do you cope with these updates knowing that it's a huge amount of money and traffic just in general? Right. I, you know, I really, I used to get a lot more emotional with them back in the day, you know, thankfully, uh, even when we've been hit, it's been, this is our third big hit over the last like two or three years. Um, our company is still really healthy. So we know that even when we go through one of these periods, we're still really strong. So that's a good part of it. It's not like, you know, things are getting chaotic, like, Oh, we can't pay the staff and stuff like that. You know, we're still very healthy. Um, but it's just really weird. Like we peak and then we go down. And then we peak, we go down and we don't really change much of what we're doing. So I do have some theories on that. If you're, if you're interested. Yeah. Let me get my tinfoil hat and then, uh, yeah. What are your theories? So, and, and this also, uh, aligns with another site that I have. I told you about a couple of the JV sites. I have a site that I built 2016 sent PBN links. This is 2016. I haven't touched it in years. Every single major and it still does quite well every single major update it's up down up down up down right site's not changing so similar to our site we go up down up down up down same pretty much the same to similar amounts and what i think it is is google has to keep flipping their algo to favor certain styles a little bit more because whoever's ranking like you can't from Google's perspective, right? They want to sell ads. And if one site is consistently number one dominating forever, they feel like that, that site owner feels like they're in control. They've mastered SEO. So why not just put them down to number six for six months of the year, flip them back to number one. And for the end user and really competitive searches, let's be honest, like the one to number 10 site, they're all pretty good and it's not going to hurt Google's end product of this is a much worse website that you've sh- that you're showing me up top now. So, yeah. And I, you floated this idea by me a while back and I've always remembered it. And I have seen the exact same thing that you're talking about where you're at a traffic height and then at a peak yep. there and then you get hit and it's not too bad, but it's enough to where you're like, well, there's obviously nothing like dramatically wrong because if you drop from say number one, to number four, it's a huge traffic hit, but you're not, you're not like penalized or anything. You're You're still ranking four. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so, and and Google, Google came out and said, like, if you're on page one, you're doing things right. So it's like, well, you just said, you're not doing anything wrong. You know, it's just, you've been, you've been, they kind of flip back what's valued and what's devalued. I feel. Yeah. So I guess you guys probably don't do anything specific if you get hit because you're already writing good content. You're well within any sort of boundaries that Google has set up for 
webmaster guidelines so you guys just kind of keep the course for the most part like we we do look into it and we do see if there's like anything obvious that we're deficient in or we've been slacking in or compared to competitors but to the point of this whole theory is if you just kind of completely change and shift gears and then google flips it back again you don't want to be on that losing end you kind of want to win so you kind of want to stay sort of where you are uh, but we do like, we do make sure if we're, you know, falling behind in something that we think is important, but in general for SEO, we just try to do like everything high quality because I think the algorithm's so complex gone are the days where you can say this update was this now it's like 50 things. And even if you change them, it probably won't move your rankings at all. So just, just do everything well all the time. That's my advice. Yeah. This is how we should live our lives anyway. So there you go. <laughs> All right. And just for people that are maybe getting started and they, they're not getting as much traffic, so it really hits them hard. Do you have yep. any advice for dealing with these updates for people that would just want to throw in the towel? Because I do bump into, you know, people that sure. are maybe a year into their side hustle or in their niche side journey. And they're like, you know what? I got hit with traffic. I'm out. I'm going to do something different. Any tips? Got it. Yeah. I think, uh, this thing really stuck with me. I just thought of it back when I was launching and kind of getting to two, three K, five K, 10 K and so on. I used to always tell myself, maybe it was a mindset thing that if I'm at 10 K because it's affiliate SEO, I'm actually making five K a month. So I always, I, I had to set, I always want like was pushing the boundary of what I thought I needed to get to, right? I wanted to get to 30K because I knew that was actually 15K. So I guess the point here is, you know, don't get to 10K and think, you know, times 12, 100, you're making 120K a year in a salary job. That's not the reality. You have to up your sense of urgency so that when these updates happen, they will, you're prepared for it. Okay. Well, it's like, how, how do you ever uh, stop pushing? <laughs> You're just always That's, striving. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, de- it depends on your like personal goals and stuff like that, right? Like if you achieve a certain amount in the bank and you're like, oh, that's what I want. I'm cool. Um, but yeah, you're either, I feel like you're either like pushing. If you kind of stay flat in SEO, you're eventually going to kind of crumble, I feel. Yeah, I hear you. For just before we hit some of your, your know, team growth and stuff, do you have a set schedule on improving or iterating on content? And if so, what certain things does your team improve or touch with the content? Gotcha. Yeah. So we have our um, content director, whatever you want to call it, the main uh, person who is responsible between our brand, like our messaging, making sure everything's on point. Uh, she actually has set up some audits where we're going through our top best pages, uh, our informational content, and just really reviewing it, making sure that the information is up to date. It's uh, referenced, re- um, verified, stuff like that. And just kind of going through and, and, and scrubbing everything uh, on an occasional uh, basis. Okay. And that's just an ongoing task. Like there's always basically any given week, there's probably some content that's being reviewed, updated as necessary. 
it's been periodic. Like we've gone periods where we've just kind of accepted our content for months at a time and then we'll dive in and we'll do an audit and it just keeps getting better over time. Like what our content standard was two or three years ago is different than it is now. So we just keep finding new ways to improve. Do you find that after you do those updates, there's an improvement in rankings or long tail keywords or anything specific, or is just, just a matter of practice to be the best in class there? Right. We it's, I think it's hard to track just because there's so many different factors uh, but we think that, you know, content freshness, we just, it's kind of going back to like the do all things, uh, you know, you're updating your content, therefore your post is, you know, last updated in June. So like when someone comes to see your article, maybe your click through rate is better. So, uh, we like to think so, but we, I don't know if we've gotten granular enough to, to really know definitively. Uh, one thing I wanted to add is we also have kind of like a designer, uh, a person who leads our CRO UX kind of thing. So they, they work closely hand in hand with the content team, but some of the updates I didn't mention this are actually like design and user flow, uh, specific with the goal of say AB testing and increasing time on that particular page or giving the user like a optimal experience for that search that they had rather than just defaulting to dumping you know, 5,000 words or whatever it may be. Moving on to the team. We've alluded to it a couple of times. How many folks do you have on staff and what was it like growing the team just in general? Yeah. So I think we have roughly 15 to 20 full-timers and then maybe 10 part-time folks. So there's about 30 people in our Slack right now. Um, back in a year after we launched, it was still probably there was like maybe five of us. So that's, let's just say February, 2018 by February, 2019, maybe we're at like a dozen and then we're kind of just past February, 2020. So in the last year, year and a half, that's where we've seen the the most amount of growth team. Okay. Awesome. There's a big team and I can't help but notice you said we have about, and you weren't a hundred percent sure. So why is that? I heard you, you brought on a, a team player recently, right? I don't know the exact amounts cause it's like I, who is full time, who is part time. Um, it's kind of gray area, but yeah, we have been making some, some really great hires. Uh, we have someone I'll talk about the, the operations person, but we also have uh-huh. someone that is loves SEO, you know, knows the space, a, a kind of person that, you know, just wants to keep up with the algorithm and what's going on because they love it. Just like, you know, you and me, just like a lot of the people that watch this show, right? It's just something they love to do. That's been super helpful because SEO has always been the thing that I've had to lead with the team. That's freeing me up to work on the the new course. And the operations uh, guy who's come in, he's been here for about two or three months. That's been amazing because what we're learning is as we grow a team, Right. It's not just your product and how you make revenue, but within the business, how team members feel, um, you know, are people getting their projects done? That's a business within a business and something that I was doing and being stretched in different areas. And it was uh, very chaotic. And this particular person is an A player, loves it, takes care of everything. So now SEO is taken care of. The team is taken care of. And I'm actually back in feeling like I'm an entrepreneur almost on 
by myself to try to learn how to launch this new course uh, and just help grow the the team and get new revenues coming in without having to be, oh, this happened and this happened kind of thing. And it's a perfect segue into the course. So why launch a course? One thing I'll Seems... add though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Can I add one, can I add one yeah. more thing? Um, I want to stress that it sounds like it was a really easy process, but um, it was like multiple years of uh, working a lot, being pulled in a lot of different directions. I would say in the last two months this is the first time where I actually have like looked at the vision that I thought we needed to get to with regards to how me and my business partner act in our company. And I'm actually looking at it and being like, it finally has happened. So it's been a long time coming and I never thought it was actually possible, but it's, yeah, it's quite amazing. Pretty cool. And I was going to say, I remember when we chatted like a year ago or something like that, you were, you were struggling with this specifically and you know, the kind of work that you like to do and building things and growing things, but managing a whole lot of people, it's tough. I mean, you have to have a certain personality where, I mean, I specifically don't have it and it sounds like not a perfect match for you either. No, one, one more thing to add too, is we found that, so I'm a little bit too soft, too nice. And I, I have a hard time I've never been a manager. I've never really been like that kind of person. Right. So when I was managing people, I just had a hard time pushing people had a hard time being being confrontational, being the bad guy, so to speak. And you know, you don't want to be an asshole to your team, but you need to kind of push on the flip side. My business partner is like the complete opposite. Great guy, but he's push, push, push could care less really about like the human emotional side. So you've got like complete yin and yang. And then the new guy that we have, who's the operations it's a beautiful like middle ground where he's nice and he always is thinking about how people are feeling and how it will go, but he knows how to be super direct and get his point across. Yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's a tough balance and you gotta, like you said, you gotta be a little tough to get work done, but at the same time, you don't want to be a jerk. So exactly. Anything else interesting with the team? Uh, nothing on the top of my head. I think we'll get into the new course and that has been a lot of the focus over the last few months. Awesome. So why launch the course? It sounds like things have been going uh, pretty good. So why had this complication? Right. Yeah. Things have been going good. And even after I said the algo update, we're still, you know, healthy, but at the same time, we're another update away from, you know, really potentially struggling and, I think just when you're relying, two things, when you're relying on Google's algorithm for your business model, um, you know, it's probably not the best thing, like super long-term. I think, you know, if you're getting started and you want to build it up, I mean, I think you can do well for most of your career. Uh, But I think with 30 people, uh, it became apparent that we can't really have a business that relies on Google's algorithm. And then in addition, I just think, we, we found it where we were sending people to different products and always being an affiliate. We kind of want to own our own product. We want to own our own email list, our own funnel, um, just to really take control of our, of our revenue, not be so dependent. And when did you start this endeavor? <clears throat> yes. Well, actually, the, the wanting to get off Google has been probably talked about for a year, year and a half. Um, and we've tried a couple of other things that didn't really pan out, but the new course that we're working on has been 
probably a six month thing since we first kind of chatted about launching it. And just curious, what things did you try that didn't work? One of the things we wanted to consider was, could we nail down our internal SEO processes to be so good that we could go out and acquire websites, you know, get them, you know, double the revenue, flip them kind of like an, almost like an investment model too. We were considering maybe pooling money from outside folks kind of scrapped that one, but we did sort of, uh, we, we did purchase a site in our same space as our big site, super high DR, like getting tons of traffic. Um, and we thought, Oh, we can just kind of duplicate what we're doing and get another site. It still relies on Google, but it's another, it's a diversification still. And we just realized, you know, we didn't have the operations guy at that, at that point, And we didn't have a, you know, a couple other key players. Again, it goes back to trying to do too many things spread too thin. And, um, you know, thankfully, like I said, right now I'm freed up enough where this new course, I can spend so much time obsessing, making sure I'm learning, uh, what goes into a funnel and all these things. Whereas if I was doing like operations, uh, I wouldn't be able to, I don't think we'd be able to get it off the ground, um, right now. And what, what have you learned so far? So you, you've been talking yep. about doing it. You're a few months in six months or so. So what have you learned so far pre-launch about, you know, working with a course? Yeah, I think, uh, our whole team would agree that our approach of building the site and spending all that time uh, putting it together before maybe like just kind of testing the waters with capturing email, you know, even if you don't have a product, I think you can still sort of validate, uh, your funnel and whether people are interested in this sort of stuff, you can talk to people. So we kind of took the approach of like, let's just build the course. Um, not so much with the, who are we marketing it to, even though it's pretty clear, but we found out there's like sub markets within the market who wants to buy this. So basically, don't go build your product without a marketing plan would be uh, the first thing that we learned for sure. Yeah, and we chatted actually just off the record the other day and I was like, dude, what'd you do? And then I was like, you don't have an email list. I'm shocked. So why why no email list um, with the amount of traffic that you guys were getting? It seems like a, you know, at least something to dabble with. I'm, I'm going to, uh, cite the being spread too thin thing, you know, with doing operate, like I really like, I was, I was sinking in SEO, I was sinking in team operations and I just, like email is one of those things like, sure you can try it, but if you really want to like do some damage and do well, I think you got to make it, you know, your core focus and, and learn it for at least a few months. So at the same time, though, it's pretty sad that we didn't even just you know get up a, a PDF and, and try to capture email. We've done a few things in the past, um, but again, we just weren't seeing enough traction because we weren't putting enough time into it. And yeah, it's really sad to admit here, you know, three plus years later that we have less than two thousand subscribers and we have all this traffic. I know, I know, I know, and uh, it is a priority now. In addition to the course. Uh, I do want to take a lot of time and really nail that down because we need to build up that asset. And it's just, it's a shame, really. That's all I have to say about it. To defend you, I think there's an aspect of, not the spread too thin. I actually, I wasn't 
thinking you were going to say that, but you can only focus in so many areas and you guys were killing it with content. You're obviously making a lot with affiliates. You have a very nice spread of where you're earning money, different affiliates. Amazon's just a small portion. There's a, there's a lot of diversity with the business and sure you get a ton of traffic, but you can't do everything all the time. And it's usually better to focus on, you know, just like you are with the one site, you realize, Hey, this one site is so awesome. I need to spend a hundred percent of the time. And then with your site and where you're earning money, it's content and, and the SEO side. So let's just do this. Sure. Maybe in the future we can worry about email, which now, you know, yeah. maybe the order of the course and the email stuff was a little off, but it's not like you can't recover and, and figure out what to do. So yeah, you nailed it. Yep. Can't do everything all the time. It's too stressful, way too stressful. One of our previous conversations, we talked about the thousand day rule, which I'll link to that original conversation. And it's an idea from the tropical MBA, the TMBA podcast and great conversation. I think it really highlights the different points that, that we were in as we were going through our first thousand days. And we were, we were chatting earlier. It could be a whole other conversation, but at this point, we've been in business for a little while. Your, your business is running now is three to seven years old in that window. So any like key highlights of your journey as an entrepreneur, especially after you made it past, you know, the sort of testing period of the first thousand days? Yeah. So if I just try to get our dates aligned first, so quit the job, you know, let's say end of 2014. So let's say end of 2017, Actually, if I look at it from like a revenue perspective, since the end of 2017, early 2018, uh, this site that we worked on, the revenue actually, you know, give or take like algo updates and stuff like that, it's been actually really flat. Um, what's, what's interesting about it is our quality has improved. It's almost, uh, it's almost to the point where to compete in um, this SEO space, and to maintain our, our rankings, we have to be, we have to be like going ahead, but it's kind of deflating just to stay even. So I've found years, I guess, three and plus, um, I guess almost stuck. If you want to say in a, in a revenue growth perspective in terms of like happiness and finally like getting to do things I want, not trying to, to build things for the, like the motivation is not money anymore. Um, like the reason why I work is because I enjoy the team. I like growing things. Um, so just whereas year one through three, I mean, I had a number in mind and I was pushing super hard and the growth went up and up and up. So it's just yeah, a tale of two different versions on each, on, on both sides of that time frame. Interesting. And I was going to say, I, I kind of, I feel the same as far as like, it it looks stagnant, but I've shifted my lifestyle and I'm happier than I was. And it sounds like you're in the same spot. Yeah. Like quality, like quality has gone up without, I mean, there were some rough periods to get me to this point, but quality is at an incredibly high standard and I'm not tied, I'm not tied to the business having to perform these functions. So my quality of life, uh, has, has, has gone up, but it, it did do a little, you know, dip, let's say in years three, four and five and the last like year or two, 
has really um, been on an upward trend. How many hours a week do you work, would you say? I, I hate that question because it's like, what do you define work as? Right? Is that, is that sitting yeah. on is that sitting on the couch and like daydreaming about like, you know, the strategy or something like that? Or is that like typing on the computer? I would say sitting at the computer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say maybe six to eight hours a day. Okay. It's a pretty, pretty normal day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I can, I can definitely pull away and do more. I see myself now, as kind of the, the person pushing the new products, strategizing, I'm constantly interacting with, um, you know, the operations, the SEO people, just like moving things along, con- conversating. Uh, it's, it's very rare that I'm actually like, you know, I'm not going onto the page and, you know, changing the titles and stuff like that. Um, but I'm probably at my computer. Yeah. Maybe six to eight hours a day. And I always take Saturday completely off. And then Sunday, I'll usually go on for about two hours and just kind of organize what the, the week upcoming is going to look like. I think um, actually it's more hours than I expected or I thought maybe there would be like, you know, no Fridays or something like that. Yeah. And to be fair, OK, let's also add in that, you know, every few weeks, you know, we do uh, go on little trips and stuff like that. You know, we had travel plans for this summer, but looks like COVID's going to mess it up again. Uh, so in the summer it was going to be, you know, very limited just to pushing the course and stuff like that. I will say that I'm also working more right now than I usually do because we're launching this, this course, a lot of new stuff, a lot of pushing. So I would say like six to eight hours, um, is on the higher end in most cases for the future, right? So we're, we're both in this period. It's like, we've been doing this less than 10 years and you have a great asset with your site and some other projects too. Do you know what your goal is? Uh, Do you ever, do you want to sell the site at some point? Do you see yourself sticking in this SEO and affiliate space for a long time? Or do you have other thoughts, even if it's those daydreams or whatever? I, I I don't think that far ahead uh, as much as I should. I know that right now we don't have any plan to sell the site. It hasn't really even crossed our mind. I guess I'm really I'm really stuck in the the one to three year time frame right now. Really want to do really well with uh, digital courses and really get that business model proven. Uh, the next step we want to take after that is our own e-commerce products. So that's kind of where we're going in the next, you know, one to three years. Um, but now I've got a little note to did to daydream a little bit further out. And yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because like with the team and the, that we can really start to be thinking pretty big and, and what we can do. And I'm not saying courses and e-commerce is not big, but, um, I think one day trying to do something, not so normal, uh, maybe be the first to launch a type of product would be pretty cool. And it, it is really hard. I mean, I don't think that far ahead either. It's really tough. Cause like think back 10 years from now, yeah. I mean, I was sitting yeah. at a cubicle. Actually, I was just starting a project that I ended up being on for like eight years or something like that. And it was stagnant wow. at work. And 
I mean, I remember like trying to get promoted for a couple years and just for like a 5% rate. I mean, it was so stupid. And um, yeah, <laughs> like 10 years ago, like what, what gig did you have? Was it the accounting gig? At that point? Yeah. 2009, 10. Yeah. It was still the accounting. Yep. Yeah. And it's like thinking 10 years from now, like where we potentially could be. I, I mean, I have exactly. no clue, but on the moon or something, I, I don't know. I'm watching space force. So my, <laughs> do you watch that show? <laughs> have you seen that? No, no. Okay. Where is it? Is it on Netflix or something? Yeah. Netflix is Steve Carell and uh, Greg oh. Daniels, the creator of the office. Did you watch the office? Did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty, but it's pretty around good. season five. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Is that once Jim and Pam got together, I was like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it, it was fine, but the k- different characters came in and out and all that. So anyway, yeah. All right. Any other thoughts or things that you wanted to talk about before we finish up here? I got nothing. That's it. Okay. And I always um, try and ask someone like you, like if you have tips for people that are just getting started, like let's say they have a site and it's making a hundred dollars a month and they're like kind of dabbling, but they're not really sure. Any, any tips or advice to keep them motivated? Yeah. I mean, I, I always got motivated when I would watch interviews or read stories about people who had, you know, uh, more success than success than me. Uh, however you define that. But I just remember, saying to myself, you know, if this guy is making this much and he does this, like it's possible. So I just keep like putting in your brain, all these little stories and tidbits that it's possible. Cause you're in a position where you're making a hundred dollars a month. You haven't seen or felt what like the next level is, but you need to keep reinforcing that it's out there. And if you really like stick to it and believe, um, you know, you'll grow and, and get there yourself. So. Thanks a lot, Rob. Appreciate it. And you're, uh, you're off the grid. You don't blog. You, you, you're not, you're yeah. unavailable, right? Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so smart. But, yeah. Hey, if there's, if there's any way, like, you know, a few questions come up in the, the comments or in, in YouTube or something like that, let me know. Happy to uh, check that out. Cool. Yeah. I am sure I can probably ask, um, ask people to ask some questions, maybe have you on if you're, you're not traveling somewhere sometime soon. So, all right, man. Thanks a lot, Rob. I'm not going to ramble on for too long here. If you have questions for Rob, you can shoot me an email at feedback at doug.show. Let me know what you have on your, on your mind, things that I can go deeper with Rob in a future conversation. We enjoy talking to one another and If we could record it and share it with other people, that's great too. We also have some off-the-record conversations, and those are even more interesting. But, well, they're off-the-record after all. So, (laughs) a couple things to point out. There's links in the show notes. So, you can listen to a couple of the other episodes that Rob and I have recorded together on various topics. I actually don't even remember all of the ones that we've done. Additionally... I teased this in the very beginning of the episode. I did some coaching coaching sessions with Rob back years ago, several years ago when we were still sort of like, I guess, finding our footing. 
and figuring out what it is we were trying to do, which I guess in some ways we still don't know what we're trying to do. But anyway, you could go back and check those out. The video quality is pretty rough. These live on YouTube and there will be a playlist link in the show notes in the description. So you could just check it out there and kind of, well, you could watch a double speed. I'm sure both he and I talked a lot slower it was probably tougher to listen to and it was zero editing, right? So this was back in the day when I would, I was just trying to get content out there and I didn't really care about the quality. I was just like, I, I, I can't hold back. I just need to publish it. Anyhow, you can check those out and do me a favor. If you like this episode, share it with a friend or a few friends or whoever you think might like it. I appreciate your uh, support and listening to this full episode. So I'm going to end it here and we'll talk to you later.